Now God has offered to us the same promise of entering into his realm of resting in confident faith, so we must be extremely careful to ensure that we all embrace the fullness of that promise and not fail to experience it. For we have heard the good news of deliverance, just as they did. Who's they? Israel. Yet they didn't join their faith with the word. Instead, what they heard didn't affect them deeply, for they doubted. For those of us who believe, faith activates the promise, and we experience the realm of confident rest. For he has said, I was grieved with them, Israel, and made a solemn oath. They will never enter into the calming rest of my spirit. God's works have all been completed from the foundation of the world. For it says in the scriptures, and on the seventh day, God rested from all his works. So what I feel the Lord says is that, you know, when we get tired, we need to rest. Okay. Why are we tired? Because we are doing stuff. We're busy. We're busy, 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 right? We're doing stuff. Oh, but I'm doing stuff for the Lord. Okay, I got you. Yeah, but do you know that when you take care of your family, you're doing stuff for the Lord? Do you know that when you're feeding people, you're doing stuff for the Lord? Do you know that when you're tending your garden, you're doing stuff for the Lord? Why is that? Because your life is worship to the Lord. Okay, so let's not differentiate. Let's just see the, the whole picture. Let's eat the whole cow. The whole cow is the work that you do, according to the Jewish tradition and according to the scripture, is literally your, your worship to God. Why is your work your worship? Because you have been given something. What is it? You've been given a body and you've been given time. And so when you exchange that time for other things, it becomes that is your worship to the Lord, which is why you shouldn't be doing bad things with your time, right? Because <laughs> that is not good. God does not accept that as an acceptable worship. So so what we're seeing here is that God himself has offered to us the promise of entering into his realm of resting. This is called Shabbat or Sabbath. So this is traditionally what Saturday was. The, um, the Christians did their, you know, we have the Catholic tradition and the Protestant tradition. The Catholics had their their Sabbath day, because they were trying, wanted to copy the, the Israelites to have a day on Sunday morning early. And then um, Martin Luther did the Protestant Reformation. So he did the services later because they were up all night. So they were tired. So they pushed the services way back later in the morning on Sunday. So the Protestant tradition is later. The Catholic tradition is earlier. It's all tradition, though. Having a Sunday or a Saturday doesn't mean that you've come into rest. Rest is a place in the spirit, not a place in the natural. And again, the scripture says that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So in other words, when they were giving Jesus a hard time for healing people, and they, and they said, how come he's healing on the Sabbath? And he's like, well, wouldn't you, if a donkey fell into a ditch, pull him out of the ditch? Well, of course they would, because that's money. <laughs> of course they'd pull him out of the ditch. and would be like, I can't lose my donkey, you know? So he was showing them their hypocrisy because they were treating rest the wrong way. And this is the problem that we could find ourselves in every time God speaks to us. If we hear it as a work, now we've put another burden on ourselves. And we're still not entering into that rest. So there's a lot of things about the rest that's very important. So I talk about the seed of rest. But what I want to emphasize here is that God has offered this to us. 
So in other words, when God offers a thing, he doesn't like offer it and then it disappears. His voice goes out. And when it's out, it's out. It doesn't come back. It just keeps going. So there is an offer from God to enter into the same rest that he entered into. That's a good rest. So when I enter into the rest that he's entered into, it's, I'm going to read the scriptures I was going to just tell you, but I'll read it, and then we'll discover it inside the scriptures as we go along. So, we, so it says, be careful to ensure that you embrace the fullness of that promise and not fail to experience it. So we want to experience the fullness of the rest. So what is that doing? That means that my soul, because that's why I said you go on vacation. Some people are like, I still don't feel rested. Why is that? Because your soul needed to be rested. Well, how does my soul? Well, I need to get rid of everything that's busy around me in the natural, and then I can rest. Not necessarily. You see, rest is a condition within your own temple. Okay. If you're pushed out, okay, what I mean by from the inside out, you're pushed out and your only activity is outside. Okay. You haven't gone in and gone into that rest. There are reasons why we can rest. First reason is it's been offered to us. That's good. That means if God offers you a thing, it means you can have it. That is for you to have. The reason that people don't experience rest is because they don't believe it. They just don't believe it. They don't believe they can rest. And why do we not believe things can happen that the scripture promises us? Because we've put too much emphasis on what we can see and not enough emphasis on what we don't see. The rest is a place in the spirit, not a place in the natural. So we say, I have a lot of activity outside. That's why I'm not in the rest. That's not the promise. The promise is you can come into the rest anytime you want because it's a condition of your own soul, bringing it into that place of rest. It's a seat of rest, scripture says. You can sit in a seat. Well, when I'm sitting in a seat, I'm obviously not working very hard if I'm sitting down. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. Why is that? Well, he finished. <laughs> He's done. So why can I sit? I feel like I've got a lot of things to do. Should I be resting? Okay, well, God says you should be resting. We must be extremely careful to ensure that we all embrace the fullness of that promise. I think a lot of strife that people engage in in the soul comes because we fail to rest in the Lord. We do. We, 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 we aren't accepting that invitation to rest, and now we have this going on, you know? It's cranky. Why are you cranky? You're not resting. My children... And my wife can tell can tell if Jamin has been engaging with the seat of rest or not engaging with the seat of rest. It's very obvious from me. <laughs> Dad, go pray. <laughs> but what does it mean? It's a position of your heart. It's not as much a thing you have to go do, right? It's a position of your heart. For we have heard the good news of deliverance just as they did. So he, it's comparing Israel with us. So Israel was in the promised, you know, well, they weren't in the promised land. They were going to the promised land. But what were they doing? They were complaining. Well, why were they complaining? They were worn out. Why were they worn out? They did not rest. Now, you may need to physically rest too. Your body will tell you. You should listen to your body and respect your body. You are your body. 
Your body has a voice. All your internal organs have a voice. You could listen and you can actually listen to each one of the, your internal organs and they will tell you things. If you listen, it's just, you say, well, it's spiritual. Okay, it's spiritual, it's natural. It's all of those things because frequency is frequency. It is something you pick up on, whether your internal organs are communicating to you or something else is communicating to you. Just be quiet. But you can't hear things if you're busy. You can't hear things if you're filled with lots of noise. You see what I'm saying? Coming into that rest is a place of quiet where you're not just taking a lot in. Now, I like, personally, to listen to the things that God made. The wind, the water, the birds, the trees. You can listen and be quiet and be still. These are examples for us to come into that rest. They're not striving. What did Jesus say when you're all stressed out? Consider the lilies. Well, if I'm considering the lilies, that means I'm literally looking at them. I'm considering them. I'm, I'm thinking about them. I might be listening. Listen to the trees. You know, listen. They're not striving. Are they striving? I don't see them striving. They're like, I got water. Wing! I got sun. Dee! Right? They're sitting under the presence of what? Of God. They're allowing the Spirit to nurture them. They grow. Why? Because the rain falls on the just and the unjust. God is not withholding anything. But see, if we feel like it's all up to us, it's all up to you. Without you, God can't do anything. Nope. God can do everything without you. <laughs> he doesn't need you for anything. But he wants you because he wants to you to participate with him because of the joy that comes from being a part of what he's doing because he wants your joy to be full. He doesn't want you to just have a little joy here and there. The reason that we partake and participate in the divine nature is because this is, brings him joy and it brings us joy. He doesn't need anything. God doesn't need anything. He's very clear about that. He's not depending on you to make this thing work. When you're a part of it, it's because you're a participator in the divine nature, and that's fun for you. And guess who else it's fun for? Him. He likes it when you participate. Isn't it fun? It's fun when you have, hey, everyone, let's play a game. You know, someone's like, hey, let's all play Monopoly. I don't like Monopoly. You know, what do we do? We want people to participate and have fun with us. God is no different than that. He's like, hey, we're making something today. Let's have some fun. Everybody, come on. Right? So one of the things he's participating in is rest. Come on, everyone, we're resting. Shalom. <laughs> I'm resting in his, in his peace right now. But it's his invitation, not me. It's still not a work. No matter how much I want to work, Everybody wants to achieve. We are all achievers. I know everybody is. Even if they say, I'm not an achiever, I'm never good at anything. They're an achiever. They just don't want to do it for whatever reason. Maybe they're upset or they got hurt or something like that. But everybody wants to do good. And everybody wants to hear, good job, you get a star. That's why they give out participation trophies now, right? Because everybody should, look, you participated. There's your trophy. Good job for participating, you know? And then we say, oh, we don't want participation trophies. We just want to make sure, because you don't want, you want it to be real. You want your praise to be real. You don't want it to have fake praise. Oh, good job for showing up. Okay, thanks. You know, you want to say I did something good. Okay, so 
here's here's the thing. When we're participating in the divine nature, we kind of got this attribute of God working within us, and now we're doing God things. Well, that's pretty cool. Wouldn't you want to do God things, things that God does? It's like, I do things that God does. Well, he made us like him so that we can do God things. One of the God things is to live in the seat of rest. Because even when God has enemies, what does he do with his enemies? He laughs at them. How do I fight my enemies? Laugh at them, because that's what God does. Why does he laugh at his enemies? Well, he apparently is not threatened by them in any way, and neither should you. Don't be threatened by the enemy. And, and does, he, does he boast a loud boast? You consider it. But if you don't, he doesn't even boast a loud boast, you know? So this is the place that God's brought us into, okay? So some people don't enter into rest because of unbelief. Well, why? Because they're looking at the things around them rather than what's in them. They're looking at the situations they're in, be it busyness, be it pressure, be it whatever, and they're considering it. Be like Abraham. Don't consider your own body being so old. Remember when he had the promise? Okay, Don't consider what's around you, but accept the free offer. You see? You, it's like online. You're, on, you're watching it. Accept my free offer now. Press this button here. You know, and put the code in, okay? So God's got this offer out of resting. So you can accept it, or you can say, ah, that's a scam, you know. Spam, you know. But God's like, no, this is a real offer. <laughs> and this is what I do. Think about it. This is what God does. This is a God thing. This is a God activity. It is a God-like thing to do to be in that seat of rest and to rest like him. So this is like when we're being trained, this is like square one. The seat of rest is square one. This is the very first thing that he trains us on. And trust me, I know this from experience. This is the very first thing I'm being trained on. I'm still being trained. I have been given you know, the opportunity to teach it, but this is for sure what I'm being trained on. And it is what you're being trained on too. We all get trained at this as the first thing. Because what we want to do is go do work for God. And God says, come into my place of rest. Now, why? Because we haven't been brought into just a family. We've also been brought into a kingdom. And that kingdom operates on kingdom governmental policies. You know, we have policies in America. Some of them are screwed up. Some of them are okay. Some of them are actually pretty good. The kingdom of heaven has its own government. We've been brought into this government, this kingdom of heaven, and that kingdom of heaven has certain rules and laws that govern it that are different than the laws of earth. And we're not talking about the law. We're not talking about the Mosaic law. We're talking about the laws that govern the kingdom of heaven. In order to be trained in those laws, we start in a position of rest. Because what it's doing is it's separating out the soul and the spirit because the soul is wanting to govern based on its own set of laws, which is the more I yell at you, the more you're going to listen. The more I think about a thing and worry, the more I'm going to come up with solutions. The more activity I have around me, the more things I'm going to get done. That's the soul's world, and it's a fallen world. 
and it's filled with jealousy and it's filled with fear and it's filled with anxieties and it's all this low around stuff. So as the spirit is training us, he's separating out what is from the lower realm and the higher realm. And he's saying, come into this place, into this, hmm, that's better, into this seat of rest. Okay. So this is what we've been brought into. So our soul sometimes needs this, and this is why people are burned out, and this is why people are stressed out, and they shouldn't be, because we should be participating in the God nature, which is coming from this place. So there's a lot in here, and I'm just kind of setting it up here, because look what it says. It says, for those of us who believe, faith activates the promise. You enter into the things of the Spirit by believing that they're there. If I say you can come into rest and you're like, eh, I'll believe it when I see it. You will not participate in that rest because you have shut the door and you've said, no, thank you. So be careful what you complain about because you're sending a signal that says you do not want it. Oh, they always have nice cars and this and that. What are you saying? I don't want it. You're complaining. Oh, that's so awesome. You got a new car. That is great. You know, a new house and you mean it from your heart. You're participating in the joy of the blessing of God in another person's life. You're just opening up doors for yourself. Oh, like that me, Lord. That's great. I love it. And you really do love it because you know it's the Lord. And you're not worried that God can't get something to you. Oh, there's something I did wrong. That's why I can't get it. Nope. That does not work like that. <laughs> So we come into this seat of rest, at which point we can access the kingdom. Because we're coming from what I call a governmental position. Is it better for me to complain to my neighbor or to find a governmental authority that can get something done? Why do we have lobbyists in the government? Because apparently the best way to get things done is to nag people until they do it, <laughs> which is what a lobbyist is. You know, in government, they pay people to go and, and kind of work out deals with governmental officials to get things done. Why? Because when the government says it is, it is. Well, we come to a, we've come to a kingdom in heaven. And when it says it, Guess what? There's nothing you can do about it. That's what it is. And they make decisions and laws and things in heaven. This is what we commonly refer to as prayer or intercession. But see, God doesn't want us to like guess. He wants us to know. What does heaven say about this? What is heaven saying about abortion, for example? Well, I mean, you pretty much could figure it out without going but he wants us to go he wants us to know what is happening in the heavenly realm related to what's happening on the earth we can know these things in our hearts in our spirit but we're not going to know it out of our soul we're going to know it out of our spirit and it comes through this first activation of coming into that the bible calls or even in the passion translation here it says the realm of confident rest the realm of confident rest it's a place it's a it's a place that's so real that god made a day for it it exists in the spirit 
It's that seat of rest. It's that place of rest. So what about this? I was grieved with them and made a psalm oath. They will never enter into the calming rest of my spirit. Why does he, why did he say that? Well, because they didn't want it. They complained. They didn't believe and they closed the door. Because I'll believe it when I see it. That's why. So they, so God said they'll never see it. So they didn't see it. So that's why he's saying, like, you can live your life in a way, and again, everything's an invitation. It's not like, it's not right and wrong, this and that. He's saying, there's this way, there's this way, there's this way. So it's, the question is, not how much do I want to achieve for God, but which invitation and how high do I want to go? Because if you hear the high call and you say, I'm going up to the high call, well, hang on, because here you go. You know, and, 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 th- and that comes from that place of rest. For it says in the scriptures, and on the seventh day, God rested from all his works. So this is big working. So God was working. So is there work? Yeah, God works. Do you work? Yeah, you work too. Everybody works, right? But on the seventh day, God rested. So you have a natural working and a spiritual working, okay? So God made the earth. God made everything, you know, in creation on six days. On the seventh day, he rested. Why did God rest? Does God need to rest? No, he doesn't need to rest. That rest is for us. He was showing us how it works. When it's time to rest, you rest. And again, as stated before, they will never enter into my calming place of rest. Those who first heard the good news of deliverance failed to enter into that realm of faith's rest because of their unbelieving heart. In other words, this rest was available to Israel. This whole thing was available because God finished the work. But they didn't enter into it. Now, what did they do? (laughs) They had Sabbath with all the rules of Sabbath. You know, we have our own set of rules in Protestant churches. You know, well, what's the rule? Three songs, offering. You know, we have certain things that are our rules, they're habits, they're traditions that we do that, you know, and a lot of people are like, eh, I don't know if I like that much anymore, you know. And so churches are shifting and they're changing to make it more appealing to people because they're trying to bring in the sheep. They need the sheep in. Come on, let's get a big sheep fold and get the sheep in. They don't like this anymore. Let's feed them something different. It's fine. You know, I get it. I understand, right? But there's this other way, and that is a way to do it. I mean, you could just go around and just take surveys and stuff and get it exactly how people want. But there is another thing that we can do where we shift and go into that seat of rest because you have to understand something. As much as you're trying to do stuff and make yourself better, God has absorbed you into himself. Let's just live there. Let him do the work because he's already brought us into his, into him. So if I'm absorbed into God, what, what am I working on? I, I'm just working on myself right now. Okay, well, that's, that's cute, but working on yourself isn't going to do it. You know, I mean, you could work on yourself, like maybe I'm working on my style right now. Okay, I, I get it. I'm not talking about natural things, mind you, okay? I'm talking about being in the spirit. So if we accept ourselves the way God accepts us, there's not anything to work on. But there is awakening. There is an awakening. There is a place where we wake up to things about who we actually are. So the scripture says, awake to righteousness and sin not. That means wake up. Wake up to what? Righteousness. The law says, work at your righteousness every day until you're better and better. 
And the scripture says, awake to righteousness. Because who are we actually? So we're awakening to our true nature. But the biggest place is this place of rest. So the fact remains, it says, that we still have the opportunity to enter into the faith rest life and experience the fulfillment of the promise. So even though this was a promise given all the way back to Israel, according to the Apostle Paul, who wrote the book of Hebrews, he's saying here that we still have this opportunity. We can still enter into that rest that God offered to Israel. For God still has ordained a day. Oh, there's a day. Which day is it, Jamin? Is it Sunday or is it Saturday? Well, what's day? He said, to enter into called today. <laughs> Which day is Sabbath? Today. Today is the day that you enter into the rest. Oh, I like that. Is it Monday? Well, is today Monday? <laughs> is it Sunday? Well, is today Sunday? For it was long afterwards that God repeated it in David's words. If only today you would listen to his voice. Which day of the week is it? Today. So if today you would listen to his voice and do not harden your hearts. Sometimes people say, I'm having a hard time hearing. Well, there's something that's hardened in your heart that's keeping you from hearing. Let the whole, let, so this is where we allow God to do stuff. You can be really busy working for God and have a hardened heart because you've put so much emphasis on your working for him that you've forgotten how to be loved, right? You've forgotten how to allow God to love you because you're so busy doing things to make yourself better that you forgot that you were accepted in the beloved and that you're loved of God. So these are things that God can do. He can show us this. If this promise of rest, okay, so again, back to what David's words is. If only today, today, you would listen to his voice and do not harden your hearts. Unbelief is sin. The Bible's very clear about that. Well, I just can't believe it. Okay, we'll stop that then. Just stop not believing. <laughs> just stop it. I can't. It's too hard. No, you can just say, I believe. Just say it. You're like, I can't walk. Well, just take one step then. Oh, look, you're walking. How about that? <laughs> believe. Take that unbelief and turn it into belief. You are a believer. You're believing something. People are like, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in anything. Well, no, you are. Your belief is nothing. You believe in nothing. That's an actual belief. You're so proud of not having any belief. And you'd be like, yeah, but you're believing is that is nothing. You believe in nothing. Yeah, listen to any atheist breathe and breathe in and out God's name. So we're always believing something. You you always believe something because you're a believer. You you're made this way. You you live in the unseen world all the time. The question is, is what area of the unseen world are you focusing on? <laughs> I just see people doing bad things all the time. Well, that's an area you're focusing on. You know, I always like to look at things like politics. You look at politics and everything's political now. 
I can turn every message into a message about politics. Who's in charge? Who's this and that? But I'll tell you the thing about politics, money, things that are natural things. They do this. They just keep oscillating up and down and up and down. They never, there's no stability to them. They are built and fabricated on weak systems, weak governments, weak concepts spiritually. Okay? So what God does is he invites us into the stability and the, the surety and the ultimate authority of his kingdom by inviting us into his rest. Because he did finish the work. He finished his seven-day work, his six-day work, and he rested on the seventh day. And in the rest of this, it says, so we conclude, okay, first of all, verse eight. Now, this is Hebrews four, verse eight again. Now, if this promise of rest was fulfilled when Joshua brought the people into the land, which land is he talking about? Children of Israel walking through the desert, they go into the promised land. So if this promise of rest was fulfilled when Joshua brought the people into the land, God would not have spoken later of another rest yet to come. So we're talking Mosaic law, Sabbath rest here, and now God is speaking of another rest, right? So we conclude that there is still a full and complete rest waiting for believers to experience. As we enter into God's faith rest life, we cease from our own works, just as God celebrates his finished works and rests in them. Celebrates his finished works is in italics. So just as God celebrated his finished works and rests in them. So as we enter into God's faith, rest, life, we cease from our own works. Be like, Jamin, how come you didn't come to work today? Oh, I've ceased from my, my work now. I just rest. You're fired. That's not the kind of works it's talking about. It's talking about these works. Look what it says. So then we must give our all and be eager to experience this faith, rest, life so that no one falls short by following the same pattern. See, I like this. <clears throat> in some translations, it says, so work hard to get into this rest. You know, it's like, what's your work? To come into the rest, the seat of rest, where I cease from my own work. That's almost like a dead work in a way, right? Because isn't it like, oh, I've got to add to the gospel. I've got to add to what God is doing. I've got to add this. I've got to add that. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. You say, well, Jamin, if nobody's doing anything, how's anything going to get done? It doesn't have to do with doing. It has to do with where you're sitting. Are you sitting in this idea that I've got to do more things to make God happy? Or am I sitting in the place that says God finished the work and I am a participator in what God is doing? He's already doing it. It's already happening because he already finished it. We're just playing it out over time. Okay, so I can do that. If I have needs in my life that I'm praying about, that I need an answer from, this is a lovely place to be. I've prayed. I've asked God. I rest. How can I do that? Well, because he heard me. So now what? Well, now I just am thankful that he heard me and now I have the thing I asked. How did I do that? I just came into that rest. It's been fulfilled. What do I need? Everything I need has been supplied. How do I know that? Because God told me, right? So that's that place of rest. 
So then we give our all. So now I can see a striving. It's time to, we're striving to experience this faith rest, right? So that's where we've been brought. We've been brought into his, into this dwelling, into this, because you know you have places in the natural and you have places in the spirit. They're, they are real places. It's not, a, it's not like a, an emotional or psychological place. It's a spiritual place. You have emotional and psychological things. I understand that. You can have an emotional state you're in, a psychological state you're in, but then guess what? Whoop, now you're in a spiritual state. How'd you get there? Well, Jesus brought you there. <laughs> People are like, well, I need to do some practices so that I can get into this state. You just need to listen. Hear his voice. Because remember what it said at the beginning. All the way at the beginning. God has offered to us. Well, if someone's making an offer, that means you can hear his voice. And what does it say here? It says, give her all to experience it. Okay? So, as much work as I'm doing. So, when we're engaging with the Lord, when we're encountering the Lord, okay? First, come into rest. Come into the place of peace in your own spirit, in your heart, okay? You got lots of things going on. God knows that. He knows that you're busy. He knows that you've been working. But let's live out of that rest. Because I've noticed a lot of times we put a lot of pressure on ourselves that is not actually there. It does not exist. Only in our mind does it actually exist. And why is that? Well, you say, well, I have deadlines. No, they told me that this is the deadline. No, they told me that this is the thing. No, I really do have, no, you don't understand, Jamin. I really do have pressure. Okay, but where do you live? You live in him. Who made time? Who made space? Who made you? Live out of that place of rest. You watch people sometimes, you're like, how do they do that? They're living in that rest space, that rest place. Sometimes you have to do a lot. Sometimes you have to do a little. Sometimes you have pressures from all around. But, but Christ says, come into that rest. Come in. So again, when you see this word, give our all to be eager to experience this faith rest, what is it saying? The way I'm hearing it today is, Listen, can you hear him? He's saying, come in. Come into my rest. Why? I've rested. So rest like me. And in the scriptures and throughout, you know, you can see in different places, where does a king govern from? His seat, his throne. Yeah. His seat of of authority. You are one spirit with the Lord. You have been given, Jesus gave you his name to be in. In my name, he said, right? You will speak in new tongues. You will cast out demons. You will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. In my name. So how do we get in his name? By accepting his name and then living out of his name. 
Because again, just like rest is a place, names are a place. <laughs> you can be in his name. So when you're in his name, in Jesus' name, Yeshua, you can do these things, right? So what authority do you have to lay hands on the sick and they recover? The authority given to you in the name. So now I'm in the name. Now I have authority. I'm in the rest. So now all strife ceases. It's easy, right? Because you're in the name. You're in the rest. It's a place in the spirit that you live out of. So how do I get to that place? You answer the call. Yes, Lord, I'll come into that rest. What happens if you forget? Well, now you just remembered because you knew you forgot. <laughs> I forgot to be in the rest. That's you remembering. So now that you know that, you're going to be in the rest again. Right? Which is, I cease from my own activity and I come into that place of rest. So that's the, that's the stage one. Okay? This is the stage one. First of all, if you're going to do kingdom work, you have to stop from your work. And your work is pretty much not doing anything anyway. So... <laughs> And I mean the work that's done out of the soul, mind you, okay? The work that's done out of strife, that's done out of a separation anxiety that I'm separated from God, I got to work my way back into him. Um, this this uh, work that has to do with being a better Christian and I have to do all this work to become better at being a Christian and that God will find me approved at some point. Maybe I'll be approved enough to stand on stage. I don't know what it is. You know, what? what is it? What, what kind of lie have you been fed in your soul that's making you work so hard? So now accept the fact <clears throat> that God has already accepted you and that your life is worship. You are the worship. You are the sign. You are the rest. Okay? God celebrated his finished work. Come into that place. So now that we're in a place of rest, okay, I'm slowing it way down. Now that we're in that place of rest, and now that we're in his name, now we can sit in that seat of rest and now we can look down on all the things that are happening on the earth and then speak into them the substance of heaven. We can speak into them life. We can speak into them peace. We can speak into them joy because that's coming from what's within us in Christ. Instead of speaking, oh, I'm so mad at that person. They need to stop that right now. That's not doing anything because you're not in a place in the spirit. You're in your soul. And in your soul, you're wrestling with a thing that doesn't need to be wrestled with. But if you come into rest in the name of Jesus, now you can speak into that thing, but you're speaking now out of the love of God and you're nurturing it into its proper position. In other words, I'm speaking into the nature. How am I going to see the nature of a thing unless I'm in the spirit? I don't know what I'm even looking at unless I look at it the way God sees it. Now I can speak into it and it can, I can speak what its substance is. When, when God brought all the animals to Adam, he spoke what they were because he could see them. You're a giraffe, you know, you're a wolf, you're this, you're that, right? It has all these different connotations because you can see what it is. So now you're speaking into its nature and you're calling the thing what it is, okay? Now, there are certain things that like to 
hide because they don't want you to see them. But you can see everything in the Spirit. It's obvious. Everything's obvious. But you see it with the heart of, of God. The heart of love is for restoration. The heart of love is for, uh, for life. Right? If you love a thing, you want it to grow. Now, there are certain things that God hates. He does not want them to grow. He's like, I hate these things. He hates a proud look. He hates it. I hate pride. Why? I do not want that to grow. I do not want that to grow in you. I do not want you to be proud. Why? Because it's destroying you. It's a giant weed. We're going to pull that puppy out. Right? He doesn't like certain things. And the Bible actually says he hates them. I hate these things. Right? God can hate things. He doesn't hate like we hate. Just as an FYI. Well, I hate it just like God hates it. Well, um, you probably don't. <laughs> That's probably not how you're hating it. Unless you're reading the scripture and you say, I hate pride in me, just like God hates it. Yes, that would come into agreement with God hates. You know, but there are things that God hates that he does not nurture. He does not want us nurturing them. Don't nurture pride. You know, you, everyone's like, hey, you always have to do that. So what are we doing? What's happening? Oh, I'm doing this and doing that, you know. And then we do false humility. <laughs> That's always fun. <laughs> That's really our church thing, mainly, false humility. Because being humble is actually something to be proud of. But in the world, it's not. You know, you're just going to be boastful. So, you know, we have all these little tricks that we play in our soul, you know, where we're lying to ourselves. <laughs> but it's really the Lord who's given us everything. And if you have something beautiful from the Lord, be thankful for it. Just be like, hey, what do you have? I have this thing that God gave me, and it's amazing. You're giving glory to God. Okay? So that's good, right? All right. So, give our all to be eager to experience this faith rest life so that no one falls short by following the same pattern of doubt and unbelief. I like this because this scripture is cool in verse 11 because what he's doing is he's kind of using an analogy of working and falling short and then back into faith and rest. So he's almost like showing you, you're working so hard, come into rest, try really hard to come into rest so that you don't fall, you know? And it's like, it's an acceptance. So it's kind of like a play on words, if you know what I'm saying, when you read that. He, he, he's, for all of us workers that have been working hard, he's letting us know how the real work happens and don't fall short, you know, with air quotes. So I thought that was kind of cool. For we have the living word of God, which is full of energy. And it pierces, see, full of energy. Can't say energy, that's new age. What do you think power is? The power of God, the energy of God. It's the same word. Ah, oh, so frustrating. Anyway, which is full of energy and it pierces more sharply than a two-edged sword. It will even penetrate to the very core of our being where soul and spirit, bone and marrow meet. It interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives of our heart. There is not one person who can hide their thoughts from God for nothing that we do remains a secret and nothing created is concealed. But everything, didn't I just say this? Everything is exposed and defenseless before his eyes to whom we trust whom we must render an account. In other words, why bother? Everything's just there anyway. Come into the rest and let the Lord do the work in you instead of trying within yourself, okay? So we cling in faith to all we know to be true. So, for we have a magnificent king priest, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who rose into the heavenly realm for us and now sympathizes with us in our family. He understands humanity 
and so on, because he's a king priest, okay? So this is the kingdom we've been brought into. This is the seat of rest. This is the place God's brought us so that we would cease from our own activity. So again, I think that this is the best position to start in. No matter how much we are trying to fix this and we're trying to work on that, and a lot of teaching that we hear is about more stuff to do. But I'll tell you this, be careful of teaching that keeps adding more stuff for you to do if it isn't starting from the place of rest. It needs to start, because the place of rest is a place, like we used to call, of faith. It's a place where we believe. You believe first. Then you cooperate with the Spirit of God that's in you to do things with Him, okay? Examples would be, you know, you're out and about. You're in that place of rest. You're seeing things around you. You're seeing people around you, and you're loving them with the love of God. Why can I do that? Because I'm not looking out to finish something in myself. Now I've rested. Have you ever noticed you have time now to do other things when you're rested? You feel like you have more time. You, you know, that project you wanted to tackle, you can easily tackle because you're rested. It's hard to tackle big projects when you're worn out. You're just worn out. You've been doing too many things and you're like, I got to work on this project. I'm like, I'm not working on nothing. Good night. <laughs> I just do that. But, but we're talking about in the spirit. Okay? Because sometimes we mix the soul and the spirit. That's why the scripture after this talks about the word being able to pierce and divide between the two. We do a lot of activity in our soul and call it the spirit. And so the word of God, who is Jesus himself, is able to divide those two things, the soul from the spirit. So even if you're in activity, just see the word of God coming in, a big wedge between the soul and the spirit so that you can see what is of the spirit and what is of the soul. Once that wedge comes into place, okay, now your soul will naturally come under your spirit. And now you can come and begin to operate from the seat of rest instead of strife, instead of figuring it out. You know what I'm saying? I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do the other thing. But wait, da, 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 da. you know, there's a lot of books and teachings to keep your soul busy doing things that you think are spiritual. Yes, I did say that. There are. There's a lot of that teaching. There's a lot of, you know, I, th I think it's fine, just so you know, to have ordered lists of things that are spiritual. I think it's totally fine. So, but if it's the seven steps to the six ways to the three techniques of getting closer to God, I would say you should just probably get rid of that because that's not how that works. Okay, if you have like seven things to remember when related to blah, 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 I, it's fine. Some people like lists. Lists are fine. I'm not against lists. What I am against is anything that comes that's contrary to the scripture in the gospel. Because the gospel is the gospel of grace, not the gospel of work. So if you're telling people to get grace, you have to work. They do not understand the gospel of grace. So we have to be careful if we're going to enter into that rest to cease from our own work, not make new ones. So we just watch that kind of thing because a lot of this teaching is like, so did you put on your armor this morning? Yes. Did you? And there's always a new one because I've been around. I've heard all of them and they come in cycles sometimes. 
Have we done the the six things to the seven things this month? Did we do that? Well, this month we're doing this and this and this. I understand too that sometimes you want a theme if you have a lot of people, so you have this theme. I get I get all that. I understand. I'm not against these things, but just put them in their proper place. Just know what they are. They're not your relationship with God. Your relationship with God is in the spirit. It's in that seat of rest. If you're if you don't feel led to do the seven things to the six steps this month, it's fine. You know, that doesn't make you closer or further away from God. You know, I forgot to bind all the spirits this morning. That's the problem. No, that's not the problem. You exist in him. You're seated in him. You are not bothered by the spirits unless you decide to focus on them. Then you will be bothered by them because you focused on them. When you focus on a thing, you're honoring it. What you want, honor. What you don't want, dishonor. Ignore. If you want more of a thing, honor that thing. Now, we do this naturally, but we get confused sometimes in the spirit. So we talk about the things that we don't want over and over again. We're honoring something we don't want by talking about it. Honor the thing you do want by talking about it. You see what I'm saying? Now you're drawing it to yourself. There's so much love in the world right now. There's so many people, and there's so much of God's love. It's phenomenal. I'm honoring love. I'm honoring the God kind of love that I'm seeing everywhere. And I'm not just making it up. I really do see it. (laughs) So we can do this. So if we're going to come into rest, we are also going to honor the things that we want. And you know what the best way to do it is to honor the things that God honors because now you have like a supercharged honor (laughs) because you and he are honoring the same thing. You're kind of participating now in the things that God's honoring. He's looking at everyone and he loves them and he sees everyone the same to him. They're, They're all amazing. Everyone is amazing. There's different levels of understanding how amazing they are. But God knows how amazing everyone is, and he sees it every single time. And it is, it is kind of like bizarre when you first, to your soul, when you first see it, because you're like, how did you even see, what, that? And he sees it. Why? Because we're honoring what God honors. Do we see God operating in different areas? Yes, we can. We can see him everywhere. And so then everywhere you turn, oh, there you are, there you are. There you are, there you are, there you are. Everywhere you go, you see him everywhere. You see him in everything because you're honoring him when you honor the Lord. When you're do- but you're, you're going to have a hard time honoring the Lord if you're not resting because you're so busy with your own activity, you're not seeing anything but your own activity. Now, one thing that people do honor in the, in the system, I call it the system, we'll call it the system for today. Everybody in the system honors your works. And Jesus told the Pharisees, he goes, you like the honor of men. He said, you don't, you, don't, you don't care about what we're doing. You just want the honor of men. And guess what? You're getting it. So you should be happy. Stop bothering me. <laughs> Stop bothering me. You have what you want. You want the honor of men. And you're getting it. Good job. Good job, everybody. Okay. Now, I'm telling everybody else about this other thing. You know, the higher way, the kingdom of heaven. There's an honor that comes. And, and, and it's not honor received, it's honor given. That's the secret. It's not about you getting honor. 
It's about honor given. That's more fun. Jesus said, it's more blessed to than receive. And guess one of the greatest things we can give? Honor. Honor what God honors. When you see wicked men and you want to know why they're wicked and why God calls them wicked, because they're honoring evil. And guess what happens when you honor evil? You get more of it. God does not like it when men honor evil things. He likes it when you honor good things because he wants to see his nature moving through. You know what I'm saying? It's like his divine nature in creation. It's a revelation of his love. So don't honor evil. Don't call evil good and good evil because what you're doing is, is you're honoring the wrong thing. Okay? So again, kind of related, rest and honor. If we honor rest, we get more rest. Good, right? So anyway, a couple concepts. I don't want to overload us. So this will probably be where we stop for today. So let's honor coming into the rest. Let's do like an activation. Now let's close our eyes or keep your eyes open, whatever you're comfortable with. And now let's just see Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father. Just see him there. There he is. Hey, everybody. <laughs> there he is. He's, a, he's just very light. He is. He's very, he's very lighthearted. So there he is. And we're seated with him. We're seated with him. Look at that. He's got the whole thing. He's taking care of all of it. It's not a problem for him. He already finished it. Now I'm seated with Christ. I'm in heaven with him. So much love. It's amazing. He loves the world so much. Look at what he did. He just poured out his love everywhere. The knowledge of his glory is everywhere. Now I'm just sitting in that place of rest with him. Speaking what he speaks. Pointing at the thing that he points at. We're the same. We're the same. Filled with joy. Filled with love. Filled with peace. We come into that place of rest today. We cease from our own work. We hear the call, the high call, the upward call. Come on up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We rest in you today. We see the word, Jesus, separating our soul and our spirit. And we just put that soul right underneath that spirit, this, our spirit, us. <laughs> we thank you, Lord. Thank you for revealing the divine nature in us revealing and awakening within us who you've made us to be. We thank you. We come under. We come under you. We come under you, Father. Hallelujah.
we put all things, imaginations, thoughts, under the knowledge of God. In Jesus' name. Amen.